Digital is the future, and we are that future. Touch HD. Okay, guys, well, welcome to Toast with Carrie. Today I have two gorgeous people from Cape Town in my studio with me um, Erica Obermeyer and Neil Charmes Hayes. Welcome to Touch HD. Thank you, Carrie. Thank Love you. It. Good morning. Thanks for coming yeah. in. And it's a grey and gloomy day in Johannesburg, but wow, has it been hot. I don't know what it's been like in Cape Town. Have you had enough rain for the season? I don't think we will be able to say enough. We've had fairly good rainfall in Stellenbosch. Um, Darling, where I get my Sauvignon Blanc from, they've had less than the previous year. So we're still in desperate well, I'm times. I'm panicking. You know, it is now the, what's it, the 21st, the 23rd of October. We haven't had a drop in Johannesburg, oh. not a drop of rain. And I'm an October baby, normally the beginning of October, normally by my birthday. It's We've had our first rains and yeah. it's starting to pour. This time last year, I had had almost 100 mils in wow. my garden. And this time this year, I haven't had one. Oh, it's worrying. really it's shocking. And I think we in in a different time where we need to you know what there's nothing if we think that we can change it the planet is shifting Mm. there is nothing we can do about it no amount of saving plastic bags and Mm. it helps and it goes a good long way towards it but we cannot control planet change and if you look at the world over the last however many millions of years it does it shifts in and Mm. out of ages and stages bronze age ice Mm. age you know, age of Aquarius, all kinds of things happen. Yeah. Dinosaurs, there's all this tectonic shifting that we can't control it. Yeah. We have to work around it. Exactly. But enough of that. Agreed. That's like quite deep stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. We're here actually to speak to you about Erica Obermeyer wines because I just keep on seeing every now and again something pops up on my TV, my, mm-hmm. my um, computer screen that says you've won this, you've won that, you've won the next thing. But let's give everybody who's listening in um, a quick background. You born in Sutherland? Yes, I grew up in the Karoo. Um, I was always a, a, a big nature lover. I, I, my mum tells me that I wandered off with my dog, that sheep dogs, <laughs> and I could play just hours in the field. So I always had a real connection with, with nature. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go into medicine. Um, she was a nurse, my sister went into nursing. So I just thought I, I will be a doctor. And I went to Stellenbosch um, to study medicine and and then just did the normal BSc. And I very quickly realized that I would be probably the worst doctor, although I think I've got the the ability to, to be very disciplined, which can is you, also something that you need. Can you see somebody who's bleeding? <laughs> no, I don't particularly like it. And it was that dissections in zoology oh, classes. Oh, me in biology, we used to have to slit open a frog. <laughs> My God, I passed out in the lab. Yeah, and hmm? I'm exactly there. So I went on a, on a real, very practical wine tour. Our, our first year um, students were taken to, and I remember it was Netlingshof. And Such a beautiful farm. Beautiful farm and so much history. Yeah. And we went into the cellar and the penny just dropped. I realized that I always wanted to do something with, with science and nature. And, and I think winemaking is the perfect combination it's of It's a wonderful combination of art and craft and intellect. Yes. it's You can't go completely wild with your artistic ability and your creative ability mm. because you have to be governed by the science of it exactly. as well. 
So it's a tempered art form. Yes. And I love people who can who can slip into a tempered art space because a lot of creativity um well you do have to be creative, but if you're too creative you end up being all ass and no mm. class, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, I, so you I have agree. to have that that scientific approach because it is, it's really it like is. working in a laboratory, isn't it? It is. There's a lot of science. I always say that I never, when we when we start to look at harvest dates and we taste and I spend a lot of time in the vineyards because I really, I really believe that good wine is made in the vineyard. Oh, We're gosh. just there to guide it you through don't the even, All you have to do is just yeah, gently be, press yeah, just, and put it in the bottle. Yeah, and science does help, but it's underwriting everything that I do in the cellar. Mm. So I never look at analysis um, when I taste because it might just change you and, no, and I influence love to hear you. That because you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to buy a green purple mm. or a hard, unripened peach. Yes. You're going to buy the stuff that tastes nice. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't matter. You buy it when you think it's going to taste nice, when it's a bit soft and when it's the right color. Yeah. And grapes are pretty much the same. It is, same exactly. barometer to be yeah. used when you're looking at harvesting. Hey? Yeah. So it's all about tasting and, and, and I've said it many a times, it's really to observe and see what the vineyard is trying to tell you because it will tell you exactly. And, mm. and I think you need to have the ability to to see a bit in future and mm. take everything that you've learned in, in the past to fast track a wine in from, from the vineyard into the bottle. I'm and of very, course, it's also farming, isn't it? I mean, it at is. At the end it's of the farming. day, there's nothing too hectically fancy about it. It's no. farming and you're in the lap of the gods. Exactly. Sometimes the weather's nature, good to you. Yes. Sometimes nature pushes you along. Sometimes yeah. it kisses you. Sometimes exactly. it gives you a big smack. No, yeah. and, and you need to have the ability to quickly adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the drought season, we've seen how amazing the vineyard can just adjust. Um, mm. But just to be hands-on, to be in the vineyard tasting in the cellar, I think you need to be present um, 24 hours a yeah. day. Um, I've called my one wine meticulous, and Neil was really good at um, at observing people, and, and obviously myself, and said that we need to to dedicate, um, basically tell everybody that my style is very meticulous, and I'm very <laughs> attention to detail, which can sometimes I think it comes from my German background. <laughs> good, but also yeah, just to look at at what the vineyard is telling you and and tasting and adapt um, in in tough times, you need to really be on it mm. and mm. and know how you can make the best of what you've got. Yes, exactly. So you, I think I'm correct in saying you were at Kleiner's Alta for a few. Yes, I started my very first started job was in Friedenol at Fried, the huge Friedenol co-op. Really, and I went into more of a laboratory um, analysis, and I just hated it. It was too much, uh, just routine work, and I wandered off to the cellars. And I remember the lines <laughs> were color coded, so you couldn't lose track of where the juice would. It's it's like a, a, a huge place. Yeah. Yeah. So I only spent eight months it's like there. Like the McDonald's of the wine industry. Yeah, I didn't want to say. That. <laughs> yeah, but it is. Sort of, yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's it has its merits. Yeah, and you can place. become addicted to Ferdinand cooperative wine. Yeah, just like McDonald's. Yeah. But I then came down to Stellenbosch um, to Kleiner's also. I'm very grateful for for everything that I've learned there because I literally did a little bit of everything. Yeah, tasting room over. Everybody weekends. needs that one job where you just yeah. are exposed to a great winery, yeah. a great winemaker. Who was a winemaker yeah. when you were there? Um, Willem Lewitz That's was it. there, and then Johan Jubert joined a few, mm. few years later. Mm. I spent from 1999 to 2004 
when Charles Hopkins phoned me and said, I've got a job for you. And I was like, what? So I didn't know that Charles was going to leave Grainbeck. He already had the, the Grendel um, job in, in the back Signed of his up. mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then only nine months later, he arrived at my door one afternoon with a beautiful bottle of Sauvignon Blanc and he says I just want to come and visit and I'm like something must be wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> so he then um, admitted that he's going to resign the next day like nobody knows of this and I remember we went through to Robertson for a board meeting and, and tasting and, and it was a really difficult day but yeah he then um, told me that I, he thinks that I'm ready for this job and I then became winemaker for Grainbeck Franschuk the store yeah, wine that was amazing. Yeah. from white winemaker in just a mere five months um, to the red wine and white wine maker for Grainbeck and that, that was big a jump. huge, huge big jump. responsibility, big, big pressure fall, yeah. and I, I remember back then, I mean I was so naive and, and just full of life and energy and I just thought that I'm going to conquer the world and that's the kind that of amazing? attitude I had back I then I, I'm not going to try and be a Charles Hopkins because I, I, I love him dearly he's, he's Gosh, probably Charles one of the biggest smart yeah, at the moment. and he's a huge mentor and he really uh, the industry owes him so much because he really takes care of all the new no, people in fantastic. the industry he's, yeah. but yeah I never wanted to be Charles Hopkins I, I wanted to be Erica and I and so indeed lucky. you are. So you left um, Grambeck. You started on your own. Straight yeah, that there. was uh, now a jump of 12 years later, th- mm. 13 years uh, almost. It was a phenomenal time. I mean, the big family, um, just wonderful people. And yes. there was so much love and, and camaraderie and um, lots of just family feel in, mm. in the business. And then it was really sad when, when Grambeck passed away and then Rona mm. I saw her a few months before she she posts on, and they were lovely people and just so full of life. But and, it was and the back. end of an era, and really, it was wasn't yeah. It? So mm. I think it it kind of stopped and ended for me at the right time. I was I was ready to move on, and you um, decided. So yeah, that there was a lot of um, do my own thing. It wasn't really happening like that. I I so much wanted to save the brand because we sold Franschuk in 2012 and mm. I could never really think about a life without Grainbeck still wine. So I think I was very um, into because you, you become so much part. I remember telling Grainbeck that that I'm almost part of the big family because mm. my my name's not in the bottle, but but you are everything. My life mm. is in that mm. bottle. So yeah, it was a very emotional time of phasing out the Grainbeck brand, selling off the brands, and and closing down the cellar. I had to move firstly from the Franschuk property to to rented facilities, and a, a mere four years later, they just decided to to close down completely, and and it made business sense. And I think for Grainbeck, it's it's an amazing thing that they're now focusing on their core. Mm. Um, and yeah, but it was emotional. I then went through a really tough time emotionally because you have to sort of that get yourself. Um, having yeah, a death in the family. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's also a good thing um, to relook your life and what you're really doing and what you really want to do. So I then decided to just, there's just one thing I wanted to do and it's to make wine and to make really good wine and wines that I really connect with. Um, no commercial wines or wines that's 
designed and, and thought out in terms of business and so board how did rooms. you start putting your stuff together how did what was the first step towards erica over my wine we registered it with neil's um help and and you know he's been very well, he's supportive been very quiet actually. Yeah. neil you've yeah. been sitting in the corner there yeah, maybe you can i'm guessing so much you tell well, us how as, you as started you you tell us how this whole Erica Obermeyer thing started, because you sort of chief cook and bottle washer, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like Erica would say, Mr. Obermeyer. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's look, it was a, it was a tough time, uh, you know, and it's it, it's really where to from here, um, and it's it it was it was that time where yes, you know, it, it's there's a lot of, of, of emotion still um, but also try extremely hard to put emotion aside and get on and get on with it and, yeah. and, and put put options on the table um, so did you look for a property did you buy a property we want it we want it but we still haven't it's all now invested into wine bottles because <laughs> it will be so, so Neil where in the absence of buying a property what did you do Get out there and go and look for vineyard that you were going to manage. Well, look, Erica's, uh, you, you know, through her experience and and you know contacts, I suppose. contacts and, mm. and 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 you know, she builds relationships with farmers already because, uh, like with a pheasant run, um, I think if 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 I'm correct, that she was the first one buying Sauvignon Blanc from the Darling Farm. Mm. Um, and that relationship is extremely strong still up until today. Uh, we still get our Sauvignon Blanc from there. Um, and I don't think we'll move. Uh, mm. it, it, it is really, uh, you know, you help build. Yes. Uh, you, so you, you actually you, drew on relationships that were existing yeah. and signed up contracts with people so that you could buy in grapes and make Yeah, wine. well, look, it's, I, I think in any case, uh, you know, we just had a discussion last night um, when people ask in what industry you are, and it's like, I'm, we in the relationship industry. Yeah. Um, and I'm in the email industry. <laughs> I'm an email answerer. <laughs> so, so, important. Oh. so you really need to build on the relationships. Um, and, and there's a lot of trust. Um, and also, I think, you know, the way we, uh, we build out you know, you know Erica Obermeyer wines. It's it's also just to give back to the farmer and give credit to the farmer. Yeah. Uh, because they almost get overseen. Because it is also a, a, a relatively new way of of making mm. wine in South Africa. You know, historically, wine in South Africa has been somebody who's inherited a farm mm. and it's gone down through the ages and it's wholly and solely owned mm. by a family. And I'm speaking to you with a with a thing in the back of my head of people who might be listening in on our program saying we'd love to get into the mm. wine industry we've studied our bsc in agriculture or enology and mm. viticulture whatever the case may be how do we start up this business but now you're saying mm. that it's actually not that easy because you've got to have 20 years worth of relationships behind you yeah i think mm. it's i mean it helps. for me it, it also it was a very natural process um while well, i had about six months from from the announcement of Grainbeck closing down store wine um, till the point where I, I literally left the office for Grainbeck. I was the only one there to empty out there. And Switch I remember the you know, selling the, the yeah, you know, we were renting. I didn't have to switch it off, but it felt like that. You know. mm. we were, I, I remember one day we loaded a, a couple of tankers. They were all parked like 
and was really a sad day because we had to sell some of the bulk um, and also selling the barrels and yeah it was a really like a divorce um, mm. and moving house and and almost country <laughs> immigrating all in, in one <laughs> immigrating but, to the other yeah, part of the western coast something i didn't tell you um in the the transition time from from Grainbeck store one there was a period where they wanted to look at a small brand under the the big family umbrella um, so I was lucky to start producing wine already in 2015. Okay, good. And so that's you why I could had bottle. Your label. Yeah, so I think that was we registered the company in June 2016. I went for surgery in August, um, and then there was like a, a quiet month of just thinking about this and rethinking. And then the real thing really happened when I realized that harvest is upon us. And I remember phoning up all my contacts and and especially the Sauvignon Blanc Vineyard and telling them that I'm gonna start my own company and I'm I'm gonna jump in right the next vintage. And then of course the next and thing then, as you say is a yeah, capital intensive. Yeah, isn't so it? then I had to find cellar space. So we're currently renting cellar facility, hopefully in Where the, do you rent? In Stellenbosch, we're based in Stellenbosch. Um, we're in the process of, of looking at our own facility because it's really important for us as a brand to connect to consumers. Yeah, no, you never produce your best meal in somebody else's kitchen. Yeah. You and know it's, what I mean? It's, exactly. It's challenging because you're sharing um, facility and crush, crush machines are all needed at the same time. So, mm. yeah, we want to control the, the whole process 100%. I, so currently you've got your little shared facility in Stellenbosch. And you are buying grapes from where? We know that you're buying from Darling for your Sauvignon yes. Blanc. What else are you doing? Yeah, well, the Stellenbosch farm where I worked with, with Grainbeck, it was sold since, but there's still vineyards on, on the property. It's the Lower Halderberg, a, a wonderful area for red wine. And then there's a couple of lovely vineyards in the Octopole and bordering Swartland. So I, I kind of um, started the brand with what I was really um, comfortable with. Mm. with um, so what have we got in bottle from Erica Obermeyer? Five wines. We, on our very first release of Sauvignon Blanc, um, we're trying to also change people's mind on Sauvignon Blanc. And I know it's it's been going for, for many years in terms of we really need to drink our, re, uh, our white wines a little older and, and keep them How back. How you about that? Um, I think certain of the white wines. Yes. I think most of the bulk of the white wine that's produced in South Africa, you've got to put a straw in the grape, yeah. you know, and drink yeah, it fresh. from the vine. No, no, I yeah. agree. Mm. I think really good, cool, cool climate, sommelier mm. terroir is, is just... For I keeping. Mean, for keeping, and they yeah. age so beautifully. I mean, yeah. I've, I've had a blind tasting the other night, and I, I asked them, what vintage is this? And they, like, it's very young. It's probably a 19 or 18, and it's a 2017. So we on our current release 2017 Sauvignon Blanc. But from the Grune Kloof, I mean, that area is so, so amazing for Sauvignon. It's got this really good natural yeah, acidity. Mm. Um, so it does need a bit of time in the bottle um, to just settle and, mm. and get the, the acidity And just develop coated. a little bit of character yes. as well. Mm. So they're gorgeous. They're in their prime. I mean, I just returned from, from a European trip and the Netherlands, they were saying, it's probably even to young soul. They would want to see it in five years' time. Interesting. So I was in the Midlands on the weekend, and we stopped in and had some lunch at a place called La Lampara, which is a favorite mm. restaurant of mine. My child went to school in the Midlands, and it's an old haunt. Mm. And I was with somebody, and I said, 
you choose the wine. Everybody always so intimidated when they out with any of us who are wine people. You know, no, 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 you choose. You choose. I said, no, you choose. And he chose a, a Nura, and it was a 2015. First of all, I'd wow. never tasted it in my life before, but it was a, <coughs> pardon me, it was a 2015 barrel fermented Sauvignon Blanc. Wow. It was delicious. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. with you there. So we have two Sauvignon Blancs. One is, is called Meticulous, and it's in that very precise and pure form. So it's 100% unoaked. Um, they're from the same farm. It's a much younger vineyard, so it's got that lovely, vibrant, um, fresh, pure <coughs> Sauvignon fruit. And then I've I've released the wine that I always wanted to make. It it has a, a barrel component in it. it the oak is, is <coughs> only there to really coat the acidity, not to really give you any oaky flavor. So it's it's a 30% oak, barrel fermented and matured. <coughs> oh. You're right there. <laughs> and 70% unout. Um, it spends around six months in barrel. So it's really lovely, lovely soft nuance. It just adds complexity. And this this um, wine is from one of the oldest vineyards in the Grunekloof area. The farm was actually the first farm to plant um, grapes there. And they were always just using the farm for wheat farming. So it's just lovely. I mean, and, and the real magic of Darling, I think, is it sits so close to the Azerfontein and that cold Atlantic that I runs past. But it is really bordering Swatland. So it has this complexity and concentrated fruit. I was chatting to... <coughs> Excuse me, guys, I'm having a coughing fit on air. But <laughs> I was chatting to Nick from Grote Post, mm. who was saying the same about the Sauvignon Blancs mm. from that area. I think there are two areas that are producing super smart Sauvignon Blanc at the moment, and Darling is the one, and Durbanville the other. Mm. Some really, really nice Sauvignon Blancs. Yeah. Going, but I love the maritime effect exactly, yeah. of the Darling Sauvignon Blanc. Mm. It gives it that savouriness, mm. which I think the yes. rest of the country doesn't have. Yeah, I think the real trick, and that's really what we do with, with my brand, not owning any vignettes, um, I'm able to select top sites from all over mm. so I'm so we've really got meticulous and we've got and the Erika O Sauvignon Blanc mm -hmm. so it just carries my name um, and then we have a cinder called Flabbergast now That's Neil, nice. Neil can tell you a little bit about so the name so who comes up with all the names Neil. Neil Neil's really good with that where does Flabbergast come from well uh, when we bottled uh, you know in the beginning the bottles were all unlabeled um, so we did a couple of tastings with unlabeled bottles um, and uh, yeah, it was basically just ob observing. Uh, and and when people tasted the Cinso, they were flabbergasted. Wow, you know, everybody <laughs> is like, Pretty and uh, yeah, it's you know, you're going to struggle to put wow on a bottle. Um, we could put wow. That's <laughs> the next one. We're just going to call it wow. And and yeah, no, I went to go and do a bit of research, uh, and it is not the most easiest thing to get a wine um, or, or an, a name that that you can register. Um, but Isn't it? Is it a bit of a mission? It's a bit mm -hmm. of a mission, um, especially if you want to go international as well. Uh, yes. So, so yeah. Surprised there isn't one called Flabbergast already. Yeah, we were lucky that mm. we had no. I had a bit of issues around my name, and uh, I mean that was quite funny. But yeah, meticulous and Flabbergast were fine, and they're on the bottom. So after the Sinso, what have we got? Then <coughs> I've got a Syrah Grenache Sinso blend. Um, this wine was really. 
a, a real change from the ones that I made in the past with Grainbeck. I wanted to showcase. You'll you'll see that most of the reds are from Stellenbosch, mm. um, and I want. I'm interested that you've got those roan type varieties mm. from Stellenbosch because yeah. normally they hike from the Swartland. Yeah, the the Grenache is from from Voorpaardenburg. We couldn't find any old vineyards, um, Grenache vineyards in Stellenbosch. Um, and I think it, it adds to the beauty of the wine. Um, but I wanted to showcase Syrah from Stellenbosch in a different way. And and I realized that I probably need to really make it a, a very impressive wine. I needed something. And I, I thought, I didn't really look at, at a Rhone. It's more northern Rhone in, in a sense, in mm. terms of, I wanted freshness. I wanted to express freshness and vibrance mm. and not this really oaky, no, you very want nice, extracted. bright, light Syrah, yes. perfumey, pretty Syrah. Yes, exactly. You don't want a heavy, yeah. huge head blower yeah. offer. So mm. it is, it's a 53% Syrah, so it's Syrah-based, but the Grenache just adds so much vibrance. I and love that Grenache. grainy tannin. I'm a massive Grenache yeah, It's beautiful, fan. and it just lifts the Syrah fruit and that perfumey vibrance mm. forward. And then the beautiful Sinza, I, I think we... we so, and so it's quite an underrated grape. It you know? is. And I can remember far enough back, you're not old enough, but I remember when when most of the red wine in South Africa was Sinso. Chateau Libertas used to yeah. be 80%, 90% Sinso, yeah. I think. <coughs> and they age beautiful. So I mm. think Sinso... And um, that's that pretty... I think Sinso is basically the poor man's Pinot Noir, it really, is. isn't it? It is, definitely. Mm. It's got so much fruit. I, I, what I really love about Sinso, I think it's uh, it's so versatile, even as a food wine. Mm. It's very fruity, um, but it has a little bit of a, a spice undertone. Yeah, and it's then clean and bright and Right, but it, and it's got and that lovely, fresh acidity. <laughs> so yeah. it just works together with the Grenache and, and the What Sarah. is that one called? What's that It's also, we, we have three wines just carrying my name, Erika. Um, okay. Is that the, the one Erica that's winning o. all the awards? Yeah. That was one of our five-star wines at Platter. Um, okay. And then the last one in the range is the Neil's is a just Cabernet. handed me a very proudly a picture of all of these. I love your, I love your bottling and labeling and your branding. It's so clean and crisp Thank and you. pure and plain. Yeah. Um, Timeless. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. exactly. It's, yeah, one it's of those things we wanted was yeah. was, was longevity mm-hmm. as well. Um, and uh, and also, you know, if you if you look at the way the Eureka O is written, um, it, it brings a bit of the feminine, classic, and it's you know, classic feminine. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, Eureka Ubermeyer is you know having such a long surname. Uh, I came up with the Eureka O. It's fabulous, um, yeah. Like in the in the Jackie Jackie, Jackie O. Jackie yeah, O. Exactly. <laughs> um, so so yeah, so that uh, it, it it all came together. I think it's fantastic, and you mustn't change it. You know, I keep mm. on telling everybody in South Africa. Mm. Every few weeks, somebody comes in to see me, and they say, "We're just bringing you our new labels." Yeah, and I don't understand it. Everywhere else in the world, you know, that one of the most fantastic, um, and I think probably one of the most powerful brands in the world is Coca Cola. They've mm. never changed their label mm. for 150 years. Why would you want to change your yeah. label? Make it like that. It's classic. Rolls yeah. Royce has got the same emblem exactly. now that they ever had when they first started out. And mm. if you want to make your mark and make a stamp on mm. something, people need to remember that. Mm. You can't go and change it in three or four years' time and say, it's, I'm going to beef up my label and everybody's going to yes. buy my wine. Doesn't yeah. work. No, definitely. Also, I think <laughs> um, my style in winemaking is, is, is very precise. 
although I would love to just showcase the vineyard. Um, I don't want to change anything. I want to really hero the vineyard and mm. the site for that particular varietal. But it's all very elegant and, and timeless in a sense and, and capturing the, the pure essence of, of the grape. Um, I think that's, so what that's, your, that's what your stamp is. Yeah. It's what it always has been, yeah. you know, wherever you've made wine. Thank Everybody you. knows that you drink one of Erica's wines and it's exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's a very obedient wine. It doesn't <laughs> yes. jump out of line. It stays in its lane and it does what it's supposed to do. <laughs> yes. But you manage um, to get the <clears throat> the right amount of of creativity and and prettiness and appeal mm, to it mm. that makes you want to drink some more of it. So oh, thank you. how much of this is available? If somebody wants to go out and buy Erica Obermeyer wines, where are we going to find it? Yeah, we can we, find it at Norman Goodfellas. Yes. For yes. <laughs> but yeah. where else have you got it? We literally only started um, rolling out the brand last end of last year, after pretty much after the Plateau Award. Mm. Um, and... It's in fine wine shops in in Cape Town. It's our third visit to Johannesburg, so we and have you got enough to sell? Because that's have, always the problem yeah. with this wine. Yeah, well, I, I was <clears throat> quite ambitious, I think, when I started out, and I didn't really. Maybe it is because I come from a really big Seven. winery, and, mm. and two hundred thousand liters was a small number. So I just said, let's let's try and make enough so that you don't have to allocate two cases. Good. Because that's a dead in the water yeah, business just, model. You can't survive. So mm. we have about six hundred five five to six hundred cases of six of every skew. Oh, fantastic! Um, so there's enough, and and also we don't want to. Uh, I think often with a business model like ours, there's a lot of um, vintages is being released very early, and mm. maybe <coughs> too early. Um, so we try and keep the stock back. We're only selling the 15 and the 16 um, at the moment, 17 Sauvignon Blanc. So, yeah, there's enough if you want. Fantastic. Go to so Norman Goodfellows. if somebody wants to, yeah, we'll definitely get everybody into Norman Goodfellows. If somebody wants to chat to you, see you, visit you, have you got a tasting facility somewhere? Hopefully in the next couple of months. Um, we're just uh, struggling with the zoning certificate at the moment. So Aye, hopefully soon. But yeah, we, we do. I mean, I remember after the Plateau Award last year, I received so many emails and and uh, a lot of international um, I'm sure. travelers wanting to come and taste. And it's it's really amazing to see how far the Plateau reaches. Um, Plateau is a great guy. It was really Fantastic. a wonderful, wonderful opportunity <clears throat> and, and for us. But yeah, we I answered all the emails almost the next day and people were so like excited to meet up. So we're using <laughs> so coffee shops. And, yes, we have a, a What's website. What's your website? And it's E-R-I-K-A? E-R-I-K-A, yes. Okay, and then O-B-E-R-M-E-Y-E-R wines. Dot com. That's yeah. Yeah. So we let's talk Neil, let's talk pricing. What sort of pricing on these wines, just so that everybody's got an idea? Sauvignon Blancs? Uh the Sauvignon Blancs at ranges from uh the meticulous, the Erica O meticulous. Uh, you look at uh two twenty a bottle. Um the Erica O thirty uh, percent wooded, it's three sixty five. Um, and then going back to, to the reds, uh, if you look at the Flabbergast Cinso, uh, it's 235. 
The That's reasonable for a mm. great sensor. Yeah. <coughs> um, the Sirog Renash um blend, uh, it is four ninety. Okay. And then the Cabernet Sauvignon, you look at six eighty five. Brilliant. So you've sort of hitting every, you're pressing everybody's button. There's always an Erica mm. Obermeyer wine for every budget sort of thing. Yeah. Also, in terms of the style, I think. Um, the the great thing of not just making wine from one side is mm. that you can really play and you yes. can be very creative and mm. i think there's there's definitely different styles in the range i mean from a very fresh fruity more fruit driven sauvignon blanc um, to a bit more structured and, and maybe a food wine or even a winter sauvignon blanc and it stands up to heated like chili dishes also to very light and fresh and easy drinking sinzo. So we try to a serious you know, cap, yeah. And I think something that maybe the two <coughs> red ones, the Syrah Grenache Sinzo and the Caps, probably showcasing that the most, is that the Caps really structured. Um, mm. I, I've always loved Cabernet Sauvignon. Attitude and it's a big varietal, but there's a, a huge trend toward, towards more uh, mid-bodied red wines that's yes. fruity and more perfumey. So the Syrah is playing in that category. Yeah. So Fantastic. hopefully everyone will find something they love. Um, Do we in know the what we got in platter this year? Oh, 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 we're not allowed to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like in the next few days we're going to have. Yeah, that's next Friday. I, I think, know. This, the, the following mm. year. And they're celebrating their 40-year anniversary. So we're yes. looking forward. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck for this year's platter. I'm sure that you've done just as well as you did last mm. year, if not better. Thank you very much. And good luck with your wine. I just, it's so refreshing to see somebody who's come out of a, You've, you've covered almost the whole spectrum of winemaking in mm. South Africa, from soup to nuts, mm. and now you've got your own space. And we all really, really, really look forward to the Erica mm. Obermeyer wines. Thanks for coming into Touch HD. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank it's you very much. Good. Thank you. Online is the only way to be. That's right. Please welcome Touch HD. Touch HD.